Hello and welcome to another episode of the Philosophy Guy. So this episode we're going to talk about, as you might be able to see from the title, transcendent meaning, maybe some spirituality, the the human condition, all sorts of fun stuff, and and yeah, just trying to understand meaning making mechanisms. So unlike other creatures on planet Earth, why are we so fascinated with meaning, creating meaning? finding meaning, understanding meaning, or maybe feeling meaning. Now, in the face of this, we also find ourselves confronted with something called meaninglessness. We fixate on the question, what if What if there's no meaning? Oh, no, right? So we make these grand arguments to demonstrate the existence of meaning or proclaim the non-existence of it. So ask yourself, do you think this desire for a transcendent meaning for the universe originates from fear. The key part of that question is transcendent. That's that's probably basically the key part for this episode. We see meaning everywhere. Part of being human and surviving is finding meaning in the mundane. But transcendent, transcendent meaning, some foundational meaning for the universe, the desire to find it, that thing. Where does that come from? Maybe fear. Like, like I'm going going through all of this this down here on earth. We must have something more. Someone must have a purpose for me. That kind of thought process. But why? Why the fuck must that be the case? If you run after that, the great beyond form of meaning, you will spend your entire fucking life in misery. And if not in, in misery, an unhealthy level of illusion that will lead you to being a slave to the impulsive whims of others. Consider this. Have you ever observed a really happy dog? I observed my lovely pup. And every day is the best day for her. Every meal is the best meal. Every treat is the best treat. Every walk is a new grand adventure to see the world. Every moment of every day has profound meaning for her. She doesn't contemplate whether it does or does not. She doesn't need some divine plan. She's just experiencing. She's living. She is being. She is feeling the meaning. And she doesn't need me to tell her otherwise. But, but oh, but Brendan, humans have the ability to reason. We have this grand intellect, blah, 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 blah. We should search for something more. Why? Why should we do that? If you can give me an answer that isn't based on some grand desire to have some higher divine plan, I'll listen. But I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that answer. So let's talk about meaning, transcendence, psychedelics, fear, and being human. And let's enter my labyrinth. I think I've realized something 
As many of you know that listen to this podcast, especially those that have been here from the start, you might have noticed a transition of my content. I started with trying to pull meaning from the entertainment we watch, attempting to think deeply about films and TV shows, but then I've gotten fascinated in what leads people into their understandings of meaning, their insights, their purpose, and how they think those understandings have 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 found them or led them into a state of peace, of of understanding of their meaning, of of wonder or happiness and joy, right? I, I ask myself, does a desire for truth bring purpose? Does creating art bring purpose bring you purpose? Maybe music. Shit, do you think making money brings you purpose? Do you have a desire to have some foundational truth for yourself? A creator or a higher powder? Pop, powder. A creator or a higher power? If yes, ask yourself why. I've been fascinated with what we see in society, people's meaning-making mechanisms. And what do they do to make those meanings? What do, they, what do they consume? What actions do they take? Why do they take them? Where are they coming from? It comes from entertainment, but there's so much more it's being pulled from. So much more. And I don't want to limit myself to the entertainment because I just, I'm fascinated by a plethora of things. But seriously, why though? What will, you know, the, uh, so let's go, let's backtrack. The creator of a higher power. The sense of that's where that foundational truth comes from. A meaning. Why? What will that do for your day-to-day life knowing there's a higher power? Why the fuck should it give your life more meaning and purpose? I want you to think about that answer. Even if it's a no, even if you already know where I'm going, if it's a no, why is it a no? And since if your inner pull for answering that question is made out of fear, or an actual desire to create the most accurate reality for yourself. But shit, then, then I ask, should, should we even desire an accurate reality? We know that we are already not getting an accurate reality. That's what evolution likely did to us. We are getting a reality that is best suited for our survival. That doesn't necessarily translate into the reality we perceive being the accurate one. So, are we even programmed for truth? I think about that th- sometimes. Almost to the point of insanity, I tell myself, what, why do I desire truth? You know, is what I desire is truth, I tell myself. But do I? Do I really? Or have I, be, or, or, or have I become obsessed with this pursuit of truth and meaning, getting people to question their beliefs simply because I find comfort in that? Is my reality actually that I'm pursuing peace? And the way I found that, I come to peace, is by questioning other people's beliefs making other people question their beliefs. Maybe sometimes be uncomfortable with their beliefs simply because that's what brings me peace, joy, and sense of meaning. Or maybe I desire to get people to question their beliefs because I myself am living in fear and that's what I want to push onto others. Having them fall into to my own projection, my own fears. Am I forcing my meaning upon you? I tell myself I'm pursuing truth, right? But maybe I'm, I'm just escaping my own confusion. That could be. <laughs> and I wouldn't blame you if you if you thought so. But what am I supposed to do? I have to find peace and I'm going, I'm going to do the things that I think can help others do the same. I could be wrong on this. You know, I, I, I probably say that every episode. But maybe you have to make the choice to trust me or not. We all have to do that with any people we encounter. Trust me in that I desire for you to find peace. 
And trust me in that. I do believe constantly questioning your beliefs and reality is a way others can find their peace, meaning and, and, and sense of wonder. Find truth, kill truth, repeat. My new kind of motto. Remember that maybe. Okay, but back to my point. This transition in content is not because of this shift in, in path. You know, the goal of the pod, it's still the same. But the shift in topic focus has been motivated by my encounters with people's meaning-making mechanisms. I'm trying to learn and adapt, and in turn, maybe something I, I, I find in reading, research, and doing life encounters and shit, you can find an insight for your life and understanding yourself from those. So hopefully I raise the right questions. That's what I guess I'm trying to say. So these spiritual topics that I've dabbled in, you might have noticed, I hope they find you with some insight into yourself, even if you're not interested in those designated topics. It's seeing the workings of the human mind and relating it to how your mind works. We share in that. We all have brains. We all have brain mechanisms. We all have perceptions of our mind. How is that? How, who's pulling the strings? What's pulling the strings? How can I control the strings? That type of thing. You know, what are you and they pursuing to form that sense of meaning? Because we can see we do that. Even the claim that everything is meaningless, that's a meaning-making mechanism. You know, as I cover some of these points, I want you to ask yourself, how do you relate? Make a connection with what I'm saying, and maybe it can provide insight into yourself. So my pursuit of understanding, this has led me into these spiritual communities, you know, new age, mindfulness, and psychedelic groups. And one thing I've searched for is seeing how these things are being related to religion. As I have, I have many episodes in my outspoken stance against organized religion, so I want to avoid retreading similar ground there. But no, it's it's in my mind, and I kind of want it in the back of your mind throughout this episode. But why these areas? Why spirituality, mindfulness, new age, and psychedelics? Because those that know me or listen to me enough, they probably realize I'm interested in that stuff. I found some of it has helped me understand myself, be more humble, be curious, and be more compassionate. But do I hold many beliefs that some spiritual communities share? (laughs) No, not really, you know. For example, uh, am I worried about raising my consciousness from 3D to 5D? No, no, I'm not. Do I think raising my vibration can prevent or get rid of the coronavirus? No, no, I do not. Do I think having spiritual awakenings involves you recognizing you're an empath? No, I do not. Have I started going down more conspiracy rabbit holes as I've talked to people in these communities? No. Do I, do I think 5G is going to give me cancer? No. But why are these nope answers commonly yes in these communities that I'm just talking about? And I know firsthand that this is, this is a thing. The research and my personal encounters, you know, Research and then also very personal experiences. And I assure you, relate this this to me. (laughs) But first, on the flip side of these these communities I'm discussing, spiritual communities and psychedelic and new age and shit, you can find many people in these communities that have realized the institutional influence that has led to the formation of their belief structures prior to this, prior to that awareness. People that see a deeper connection to their fellow human, see the world around them with a sense of awe. People that have been humbled about the reality of the human condition. They look at the world with a newfound curiosity, with a desire for meaning 
that fits them. And they don't hold on to it with this absolute placeholding. I see that so much as well. And honestly, you know, my opinion is that that humbling is actually really important. But they keep the door open to being wrong so they can constantly adapt their reality to those new understandings. But new understandings come from being open. That curiosity and wonder with your meaning making mechanisms that can help you maintain a sense of peace while also maintaining your sanity. But I've become fascinated with psychedelics because it seems to enhance people's meaning making mechanisms. Maybe for the good and the bad, they witness things in their mind. They have epiphanies such as the origin of their beliefs, like maybe realizing, oh, I'm studying this thing in school because my parents are pushing me to do that. Even though it's something I'm not sure I want. And oh, maybe I I don't need to do that. I'm also not saying you should necessarily make those types of decisions in the psychedelic state. But it makes your mind all sorts of different things. But it can force you inward and contemplate those questions. Now, like I said, I'm using psychedelics as an example because some of the research that continues to come out about this stuff where we are using it for therapeutic uses... But from that, people come away thinking they've experienced something more real than they've ever experienced before. So I'm going to link this this study uh, below, but it sparked some thoughts for me. The study link below highlights that taking psychedelics helps boost the power of suggestion by disrupting preconceived notions and in turn making us more prone to adopt seeded notions. So new ideas. And Dr. Uh, Robin Carhart-Harris developed the Rubis model of psychedelics, which stands for relaxed beliefs under psychedelics. So this fact is what makes psychedelics so wonderful and has so much potential for therapeutic uses because it helps us analyze our belief structures and the origins of them, thus addressing trauma and other related issues within ourselves. However, with this fact comes potential pauses for concern, or at least I think Stuff to consider. You know, I'm fascinated by this as we don't have constant access to our subconscious beliefs in, you know, let's say default consciousness, sober consciousness, whatever, however you want to call it. I don't like sober consciousness. Let's say default. The consciousness we hold in our day-to-day when we get up, when we go to work, that type of thing. So we must also be mindful that we must be wary of potential seeded ideas planted in our everyday life. But seeded ideas take on the illusion of being more profound than they actually might be in a psychedelic state. People pushing into our subconscious. Pushing into our mind. Thus the importance of set and setting, that's kind of, that's a lot of where that phrase comes from. Everything is just so much more impressionable upon you, much more suggestible. The point is, we don't always have full control of the ideas being planted while we are in such an impressionable state. You're in a different state of mind, a different you. Whether you we've, we've convinced ourselves we have or not. That's what the study suggests. We can become susceptible to cognitive bias under these states, which is why we see the people around us become much more influential to our state of mind on psychedelics. So we need to be mindful of authority figures in that state. So I truly wonder if this, if these findings is insight into why conspiracies or conspiracy-esque beliefs spread like wildfire in psychedelic communities. But something to be mindful of, I, you know, 
I use psychedelics as an example because as I said, our meaning-making mechanisms are enhanced. But it doesn't mean this doesn't happen in our default state. And honestly, I became fascinated by the study because I began to wonder, you know, spiritual communities have an issue with, with denying science. I see many want to create this separation of the spiritual and science. But are we not part of the same whole? Why do you want to deny the physical? We have evidence of the physical. You just want to deny that. Is, is it the avoidance of conflicting information that might question the truth they've created for themselves? But, 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 express your truth, right? Right? Your truth. But what happens when your truth affects others? Life isn't a purely individualistic game. You can, you can tell yourself that all you want. You can let your ego run rampant and telling yourself that. Everyone else is an illusion. It's all about me, 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 me. That's what I see when people want to deny the external world. Everything is just a projection of me. It's me, 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 individual. It's an issue in Western spirituality is its desire to find peace in your truth at the expense of those fellow humans, part of the collective. It's selfish. It's fucked up. But I ask myself, why do I encounter so many spiritual types that proclaim their supreme power of, of free thinking, but they have the same beliefs as the next drone of a particular group. And often it's the case that they had broken away from a group prior that was destructive to their inner being. They, being, they recognized it. They had that aha moment that pushed them inward and then recognized what they were pursuing in the external world was not helping them or helping others. They had that moment where they realized a group they were part of was full of shit. But, or, or be that, a religion or maybe even a political group. But let's stick with religion for simplicity's sake. Why did the case, we often see people drop a religion, realize it's destructive and dogmatic nature, all to join a group that has similar qualities and destructive nature. Replacing one problematic dogma for a new shiny one. One that you're not aware that, that it's just dog shit covered in gold. Like your last one. Just maybe prettier gold. Maybe a better coating around it. Take modern Christianity. They basically say, if your life is shit, Jesus will save you. Then it will be amazing. God will love and care for you 24-7. All you have to do is praise this transcendent being. But modern Christianity doesn't like to talk about the dark stuff in the Bible. You know, if someone is, someone is having a rough time, it's, well, I guess you're, you're not appreciating Jesus Christ enough. I think people start recognizing the push to suppress emotions, and they knew it was wrong. It reminds me of this song from the Book of Mormon, the Broadway play by uh, the creators of South Park. It goes, turn it off like a light switch, just go click. It's a cool little Mormon trick. Treat these pesky feelings like a, like a reading light. I hope you all appreciate my wonderful singing. I have zero talent for singing, but it was my attempt. You should all see the Broadway play because it's, it's, you know, you can, get a, you can get better singing there. Here, it's about the message of what that song is saying. Just suppress it. Just turn it off. Just avoid your emotions. Place them down in the depths of your inner being. Just embrace some divine bullshit being that we don't know for sure exists, but but do that. Place it there. Place your 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 key 
into that being, well, those emotions stay bubbling up deep within yourself, deep within the void within. That makes sense. So replacing dogma, huh? Oh, and and by the way, it's not just religion and spirituality. There's so many ways to run from our emotions. Politics, clout chasing, being a workaholic, pursuit of money, working out, eating like shit. Yeah. Religion and spirituality are just easy answers that I'm currently fixated on. And I've really thought long and hard about this, almost driving myself insane. Am I falling into dogma myself? Am I trusting authority figures when I shouldn't? Then I tell myself, well, we, we all have to trust authority figures to some extent. That's, that's what being part of society, you know, that has evolved like we have must do. People specialize in stuff. When people specialize, we often have to trust those people. Because that's why we have the advancements we do, or perceived advancements. You know, I, I go to the doctor when I don't feel well because I don't know what the fuck is going on. When my car breaks down, I take it to the shop because I don't know what how, how to fix it. When I seek out financial advice, I ask people that, you know, have made it their passion or studied it in school because I don't want to put in the time for that. So I have to trust others. So I have to trust them. I place my trust in people because otherwise I wouldn't have time to do the things I really want to do. But back to my point, is that placement of trust in certain groups and individuals just me falling into my own form of dogma? Is trusting dogma? I don't, I, don't, I don't think trusting is dogma. But honestly, I don't know for sure. It's something to, I allow in the back of my mind, like, am I falling into dogma? Am I falling into that? Am I falling into that? But no, I don't, I don't think so. But is that what I have to tell myself? But I come to know because I'm making this effort to carefully pick my authority figures. Who am I trusting? Who are you trusting? And what do they claim to be an authority of? And then I ask myself, what areas of life do I have a a decent grasp on? And that's, to me, I can better gauge so I can place more trust in myself. I covered this more in my last episode, but there's this question of truth. And I was contemplating people in, in, in spirituality or into that stuff, trying to gauge how they perceive truth. Your truth, my truth, a truth, and the truth. Or more academic terms, objective truth versus subjective truth. They both exist. You can't deny one. You have to accept them both. So this brings me to more thorough understanding of what has been discussed. I kind of want to relate this meaning idea and, and the stuff I've said to spiritual bypassing. Essentially, it can be when we use spiritual practices to cover up our problems as opposed to working on them. So we use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep personal trauma, emotional issues, and low self-esteem. That spiritual bypassing, that stuff I mentioned about, you know, just like pursuing money, um, obsessing over working out, you know, being a workaholic. Those are other forms of emotional bypassing. I call it spiritual bypassing, but really it's emotional bypassing. In a sense, it's our subconscious way of tricking ourselves into believing we are healing ourselves. You know, it's, it's, it's the idea we're helping us. It's helping us find peace, yada, yada, all to avoid going into the depths with our pain and trauma. We trick ourselves into believing we are evolving past that trauma when really we're just giving it a prettier coating of bullshit. Probably one of the biggest signs of this is in the spiritual community is the desire to avoid negativity. You know, the slogan, good vibes only. It's bullshit. It's the pain in the negative and hold some of the greatest lessons in life. Here's an example. Someone presents you with an issue of frustration or anger even. If your inclination 
is to take that person's very personal frustration with their circumstances and then to bring it to this global level of the universe is unfolding as it should. You're being passive aggressive and demeaning to that person. Maybe the next thought for you is to say, your suffering is simply an illusion or your ego is getting in the way. It's shallow and lacks a basic understanding of of the human condition and human emotions. The people who react that way in the spiritual community are like robots with a fluffy software update of rhetorical empty bullshit. I think if we really want to understand our emotions, we must accept them, embrace them. If we understand them, that's when we allow them to no longer cloud our judgment. So we must descend down into the depths of our emotions instead of always trying to transcend beyond. Constantly taking in this battle to transcend beyond is trying to escape from being very human. That's a desire based in fear. You will not find peace if you make choices in constant fear. Think about it. That's the origin of good vibes only. I think on some subconscious level, people know that negativity or something that might question the illusion they've created for themselves will force them inwards. That's hard. It's not easy. I struggle every single fucking day. But do you want peace? If you don't want peace, that fine. Follow bullshit. Follow a mistaken illusion. Convince yourself that all you need to do is continually work towards some sort of cosmic oneness. All the time. Cosmic oneness. Transcendence. Blah, 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 blah. I just need to go beyond. Move beyond the body. Move beyond the physical. Deny, 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 deny. But when you are ready to move past Instagram and TikTok spirituality, maybe real peace can be found. I'm still pursuing it. I'm not standing, sitting here or standing. I guess you don't know if I'm sitting or standing. I'm not sitting here and pretending that I've done it. But I know the answers do not lie in what I meant or what, you know, these, this, this bullshit run away from your emotion stuff is. The answers are not there. It's an illusion. I think we should remember it's difficult to accept oneself. It's difficult to accept the, the, the constant existence of our very human emotions. Fear, pride, anger, resentfulness, jealousy, competitiveness, all of them. As Carl Jung said, the most terrifying thing is to accept oneself completely. Spiritual bypassing and emotional bypassing is a method of avoiding facing your own inner self, your soul. You make up a new meaning to run from that, from that run from your soul. Who licks inside, or shit, I messed up the quote. I think it's, who looks outside dreams, who looks inside awakes. Carl Jung again. The good and bad play a central role in this grand cosmic game. So what does this have to do with meaning? I think we allow ourselves to pursue this transcendent meaning simply to avoid facing ourselves. This grand divine meaning we desire is external. We pursue it to avoid looking within. When you pursue that external world of meaning, you will continually wonder why you are left feeling empty. It's avoidance. So when we find something meaningful, maybe we should consider using it as a tool to look within instead of an escape. Instead of something to utilize as a tool to continue running away from ourselves, our inner selves, our soul in fear. Stop trying to escape this life. 
Stop trying to stop trying to transcend. Just try to understand what you want while you are here. But that starts with yourself. As always, I appreciate you all for listening and tuning in. But now it's time for you to get the fuck out of my labyrinth. <laughs>